It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down American loser the day I was born Welcome, everybody, to a very special edition uh, to, of American Loser. All right, that's the name of the podcast. We got it out right in the open this time. Uh-huh. All right, yeah, we're not screwing up. Take, take 10 minutes lead in to tell the name of the podcast. No, we are going to be captains of expediency on this one. If you don't know the show already, it's called American Loser. Our sound engineer is uh, the best in the business, the big kahuna behind the ones and twos. How you doing, man? I'm, uh, I'm glad you're here, buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> we're, we're bailing each other out on this one yeah. today, man. I'm happy there. It's the Mutual Admiration Society. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, life is pretty good right now. Uh, my name's KP Burke. I am your host of the show. With me, as always, like we said, Kahuna's behind the ones and twos, but I need a Delph of a dad to help me host this weird show about the biggest losers in American history. How you doing, Lawrence oh, Patrick? We're just doing excellent. We couldn't be any better. If we were doing any better, we'd have to be twins. So we're all right. It's uh, it's funny you should say that because uh, this week's topic uh, is not about twins at all, actually. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, we're not talking about the Olsen twins. No. No. Uh, sadly, no. Yeah, that they'll be on. It, the problem is we can't talk about because Heath Ledger is not American. Uh, um, <laughs> we'll talk about them in the Lance Armstrong episode. Oof, jeez, digging deep already, man. Well, I'll tell you guys what, if you're new to the show, uh, the show's called American Loser, and uh, my father and I uh, tell the stories of the biggest losers in American history. We is, also got a Patreon, people. You got to support coming us out on too. there. And if you're, uh, if you're you know, already a listener, we love you, all right? If you haven't signed up for the Patreon, I understand. Maybe leave me a written review on iTunes, whatever you want to do, but for just $5 a month, okay? And we got some new ones coming up, too. At the end of every month, we give you guys a bonus episode of this show where we go absolutely buck wild. And we don't have to worry about time constraints or getting a little bit too, you know, uh, not we don't get political on the show, but we do sometimes get a little bit more unrestrained with some of the wild shit going on in American history. Because make no mistake, American history is straight up bizarre. Yes. So, and nothing encapsulates that more than the topic we're about to talk about today. Is that correct, Lawrence absolutely, Patrick? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a gooder. Now, you're slightly older than me, as most fathers are. Yeah. I thought um, you guys were twins. How does that work? <laughs> right. I don't know. Well, uh, I got to ask you this one, LP. You grew up during the time frame of this one. Well, yeah, you could say that. So, it, Child it, of the 50s and 60s. Well, I'll, I'll bounce you this one. All right. So uh, I'm 32 years old. Uh, Kahuna is uh, 14. Oh, uh, fuck you. <laughs> 25. Sorry, Sunquist family. So those, the good people out there. Big man. for I, his age. Carl though. has an album coming out, too, by the way, soon. We're going to plug that on the show a little bit more as we I'm go. I'm this many years old. <laughs> okay? It's fine. He's it's going a, to the puppet voice already. Uh, I can't wait to see what he's going to do with this one, <laughs> especially for a casting couch on some of the, the swarthy characters we're about to cover today. Right. There's multiple. Oh, the this one is akin to our electric chair episode in which it's not a person that's a loser. It's the idea that's a loser. Oh. So get a load of this one, dude. If D.A.R.E. was a government program uh, called Drug Abuse Resistance Education, were you a graduate of that program? Yeah. Okay. As was I. Um, if there was such a thing as the evil opposite of that program, 
I'm going to go ahead and say it's what we're talking about today. I, I got it. Scientology. <laughs> so close. So close. Um, we're going to be talking about a program known as MK Ultra. Wait a minute. Why does that sound very, very familiar? Because <laughs> the more you read about some of the wild stuff that goes on over here, especially in American history, the more you realize people aren't like some of the science fiction writers and stuff. They're not actually as creative as we thought. Right, Dad? They're just kind of telling the stories. Taken shifted. from today's headlines. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Oh, no. um, so real quickly, when did you f like we talked about planning this episode, Dad, but when did you as a youth growing up start to maybe suspect that the CIA wasn't necessarily the good, clean cut government boys um, that uh, we were hoping they were? Well, it, it, growing up, I mean, you really didn't have that uh, aha moment type of a thing. But, you know, if. If somebody from our government was doing some underhanded things, but at least they were trying to protect American interests against the, the evil empire known as the Soviet Union. So, you know, you could kind of overlook certain indiscretions that perhaps the government was undertaking. This is uh, a Machiavellian type idea. OK, and there is the idea of a greater good. We've talked about that before, that uh, post 9-11, you have people getting obsessed with Tony Soprano, Jack Bauer and Vic Mackey, right? Because we wanted we wanted guys who made bad guys suffer. That's what we wanted. The people we the real bad people had to suffer. There was an idea of uh, a, a balance between uh, good and evil, right? Right. So if you beat the crap out of a bad guy and you didn't read him his Miranda rights first, well, that would just be something that eh, we can overlook that aspect as right. long as we get the information out of the guy. Especially post 9-11. So that's what I try to attach to the idea here. So we've covered uh, the second Red Scare a lot. If you're a Patreon uh, listener, you got to hear about uh, George McCarthy or Joe McCarthy. I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep making him George. Um but this uh, week's story has a couple of names that pop out. Kahuna, just um, you, you know, let me know if these names sound familiar to you. Mm -hmm. Nixon. Hmm. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last name, Rockefeller. Huh. Heard he's a great rapper. <laughs> <laughs> the Unabomber. Ah, I had him in my Christmas party. <laughs> uh, and what about uh, Whitey Bulger? I don't like him. Uh, not a good guy. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, not a guy you want at your Christmas party. No. And finally, what about uh, The Grateful Dead? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All of those names are involved in MK Ultra, in some way, shape, or form, okay? So we're going to set the zeitgeist. Ready, LP? It's what is the, the zeitgeist. The what is the sign of the times. <laughs> the era. <laughs> Welcome to post-World War II America, okay? Now, what year were you born? 1951. 51. Okay. So it was, uh, you know, this is around the time frame. Some of this stuff's starting to kick around. I'm a baby boomer. That's <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, nothing wrong with it either, too. Uh, but we're in this weird spot. We don't really dig these people that we're sort of aligned with, but slowly engaging into something known as the Cold War with, known as the Ruskies. Okay. And um, I'm going to go ahead and say I have a problem with Russia because we were getting a ton of listens from the Russian Federation. Turns out they were all bots. I lost all the listens. Okay, <laughs> SoundCloud purged them. I lost like nine thousand listens overnight once. Oh, wow, it really was the social net worth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, well, at the time, the what's going to be you know the Soviet Union which is going to become the USSR, is being led by a fella uh, by the name of Stalin. What's Stalin's uh, – you've, you've called him a funny nickname growing up to me a bunch, Dad. You, 
Joe Stalin? Yeah. All right. I mean, comrade? I don't know what. Uh... Comrade, or what was the uh, what was the the nickname they gave him to try to give him a softer feel? Uncle uh, Joe. Uncle Joe, close. Uh, they, they used to call him Papa Joe Stalin. Oh, Papa Joe. Yeah, Papa yeah. Joe Stalin. Okay. I got a golden ticket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, the golden ticket will be distributed evenly amongst the top 1%. <laughs> Everybody and gets the Torben Levankas. What about the other grandpa? There is no other grandpa. <laughs> um, but you got a golden ticket. <laughs> yeah, well, at the close of the, close of the war, I mean, uh, we weren't exactly buddy-buddy with the with the Soviets or the Russians. Um, there were many that felt that we should just keep right on going. We just beat the Nazis. We ought to just keep right on rolling. I mean, Patton, lose reception. We did George Patton. He just wanted to keep right on going and now fight the fight the Russians while, while we were still over there in Europe. I and mean, we got the men and material. Let's keep right on going. Of course, uh, you know, Cooler heads prevailed, if you will, but you know they had a big meeting at, at Yalta that they were going to figure out uh, how the Allies were going to carve up the rest of the world. Um, Great Britain, uh, United States, uh, and France, and the, and the rest of them. But it was it was really the three: Stalin, uh, Churchill, and uh, well, at that point it was uh, Truman because uh, Roosevelt had already passed away at the at the meeting at Yalta. True. And a thing to set you up here for success as well is uh, actually a Patreon member and a diehard fan of our show. Really great guy. Um, I I screw up his name all the time. Jason Retzkowski. It's J-A-S-R-E-C is what he goes by uh, in the Patreon. And he's a a good dude, man. Um, He diehard history fan, also Jersey ties, too. And he told me recently that uh, he was reading some stuff about how Russia was willing and able to come into the Pacific Theater to help us out. And we said, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go ahead and just probably drop this nuclear bomb and, and get to claim the territories over there because we didn't yeah, well, want was, Russia in expanding its influence. That was one of the reasons why they uh, – one of the positives to, if, to dropping the bomb is to end the war quickly before Russia got involved. I mean, Russia did at the very end of the war. The, the war in Europe was already over. We had beaten the, the Nazis. And now Russia was making eyes at Manchuria, actually did drive into Manchuria. And we An important wanna... name to come back to in a little bit. So right. Russia, and, at the time, basically, Russia was like the, the person in the schoolyard you just didn't want to have someone fight because they would probably kill someone. Is that kind of... A little bit. If it's like... Um... You couldn't trust the person. There's a little bit of a, a, a loner vibe. Russia does what Russia does, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. Pa- Papa, Joe, Papa Joe Stalin was making promises that he wasn't really keeping as far as, uh, you know, territories that the the Soviets have now uh, captured from the from the Germans. And they weren't real quick to go, you know, go back home and let these people uh, settle things out, work things out for themselves. So we're trying to I'm rebuild. Sorry. We're trying to rebuild Europe. And we didn't want uh, the Soviets' influence at all in the Pacific. So, um, you know, again, there's uh, many historians feel that that's why we um, dropped the second bomb in such quick succession, because it was to prove to the Soviets, hey, we got nukes, we got nukes here, and it's more than just the one. Um, So if we drop the second one, uh, that's going to prove to the rest of the world that this isn't just a, a fluke maneuver that, that's all we had, but they didn't know. They didn't know that. So, you know, how many more of those atomic bombs you're holding in your pocket? Are you saying that part of this operation was to engage? I mean, we're engaging in warfare, but would you call this psychological warfare, Dad? Oh well, yeah, that's a 
That's a that's one way of putting it. You want to explain to people what that is, real quick, or psychological warfare? We're going to mess with your we're going to mess mess with your mind. We're going to make you uh, think something that you're not necessarily uh, akin to, but uh, um, it's going to change your attitude certainly. Oh yeah, or we can give you feed you misinformation. There's mm-hmm. that as well. Now the biggest fears that we have uh, are these that you know as America is now the superpower post World War II. And uh, it's not necessarily a role we wanted to take, but we always, I always try to quote it this way. Neil Young has it right. America is great because, uh, you know, he put it as a, a, a pejorative. Uh, I look at it as uh, more of a compliment. We are the kinder, gentler machine gun hand. Okay, so it's the, your Machiavellian thing there. It's, uh, it, you know, here's the thing. There's not a whole lot of protests in some of the countries I'm about to mention. You know what I mean? So when you see protests, that means that there's a little bit of freedom going on. So. Uh, the following countries are on our radar, if you will, as uh, troublesome. Uh, good old Russia, right? Uh, our friends over in China, which is, uh, you know, around this time frame has gone to red China, right? right. And there's a the lot of people disappearing. Right. The communists have already taken over in, in uh, China, except for Taiwan. But that, that comes year, years later. But mm-hmm. the vast majority of China is now uh, communist China. Um, there's always there's already uh, troubles in Vietnam where we're dividing up that country into north and south. North being communist, the south being supposedly democratic. Uh, the same thing with uh, the chopping up of Korea. That we have North Korea, which is communist, and South Korea, which is a more of a democratic state. So, um, you know, it's uh, us versus them dividing up and that's leading into the whole the cold war kind of a thing that we're not trusting these guys any farther than you could throw them but uh um it is what it is i mean and the rest of europe i mean we see the soviets aren't backing out of uh bulgaria czechoslovakia poland um you know uh, all of those areas there was a great fear that they were going to roll right into into greece uh there was a great fear that they were going to roll into uh turkey as well so again now um, the United States is, is backing those countries to prevent um, uh, the Soviets from expanding their sphere of influence. All right. Now, you said fear. Fear is a huge word for everything because you're going to see how something that was originally well-intentioned completely careens off the tracks in record time almost. Um, I feel that's par for the course for this podcast. It, it is. And, but this one, you ain't ready for it, dude. This like I, I'm not because you're 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 battle tested, Cahoons. This one fucked me up in researching <laughs> it. Um, so, uh, all right, I'm ready. Old Iron Will Cahuna is ready to go for this motherfucker. Put on your seatbelt. All right. He, he says that now. I want everyone to listen. I think it's around the 14 minute mark. He has said this. <laughs> so around the 40 minute mark, when he leaves and goes home for the night, I just I don't know. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> This this was pretty intense, dude. Um, so the American government has this intense fear of uh, the Soviets, uh, the the Chinese and the Koreans, and the idea that there's POWs because there's a Korean war going on uh, and there's American POWs that are being returned. Now, my father mentioned Manchuria earlier. Do you know any famous movies wait. that involve? No, wait. Yeah, the remake was... had Denzel Washington. The original had uh, um, Jersey's own Frank Sinatra. The Manchurian Candidate. Oh, wow. Okay. So that is, you're going to start to see, like we said here, the more we're going to learn about the shit today, the more we're going to realize how almost uncreative 
uh, there should be copyright issues for some of these movies that got made. Jesus. Um, yeah, to timestamp this, we're now like in the early 50s. Um, we've already fought in Korea, and now some of these returning GIs are reporting that while they were captured, they were um, um, brain well brainwashed was really the term important that, that word came, yeah. that came out of that. That through various means, uh, their whole attitudes were, were changed. That uh, there was some reports that some of these returning GIs claimed that uh, the U.S. was involved with, um, you know, uh, germ war- warfare, or they they did not want to come back to the United States. They preferred to stay in captivity with the uh, with the North Koreans. So uh, it was something definitely uh, screwed up there. So um, you know what, what's going on with this whole thing, and then um, we start to get reports that the uh, Soviets are dealing with. Uh, some of these mind-altering drugs and and um, hypnosis and a whole number of different um, techniques that are going to change your change your attitude. Right now, uh, another little bit of a loser reception is that uh, one of the concentration camps that uh, Werner von Braun is uh, his missiles, his V two missiles that eventually become the Apollo rockets, um, are being assembled and is uh, they're also doing tests on these people. So there's some dark shit uh, that's going on here that we borrow heavily from. Wait, that's what they, they, uh, they would assemble rockets and do testing at, con- oh wow. Yeah, that was, um, th- that was concentration camp uh, uh, victims, if you will, that were assembling Werner von Braun's rockets who later came to NASA. Um, so now there's more of that we're gonna tie into later, but I gotta establish um, a, a figure, if you will, here, because histories for me has always been easier to learn if I try to, uh, view it as understanding a person's story, and then you can understand the times more. So, Cahoon, so, have you ever flown into Washington, D.C.? No, actually. I don't think so. I did. Not a great airport, not huge on it, right? Dulles International Airport, right? Named after a certain guy named Alan Dulles, who we're about to break down heavy here. Okay. Dulles, in many ways, is to the CIA what uh, former loser J. Edgar Hoover was to his beloved FBI. In 1947, following the end of World War II, the Office of Strategic Services. You ever play Call of Duty, the early ones? Yeah. Okay. You were an OSS member in the original PlayStation Call of Duties. Okay. So um, that's the OSS. OSS back then is more of like a counter intel, intel kind of a thing. Remember secret missions? It's like. Uh, I love how you both, I could see in your face, you're both waiting for this jaw drop <laughs> moment. Oh, for spy me versus just... spy uh, at that point. Because. But... Yeah, it's all here, and there's there's no part. What's of the it. secret word? When am I when am I going to turn into? Yeah. A... <laughs> That's the Manchurian candidate, pretty much right there. Oh, we're we're going to say a certain term. Kahuna's is going to get up and try to shoot somebody. Okay, it's, so it's definitely <laughs> Muppet. Uh, <laughs> is that your safe word? That wasn't all bad. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. He's grabbing the baseball bat and walking toward. I'm terrified right now. <laughs> By the way, the day the Kahuna decides to put himself towards evil, we're all screwed. Yeah, I'm, really. I don't think either, I think the two of us combined would probably fall pretty That's within an five unstoppable minutes. Unstoppable force. <laughs> oh, but. Alan Dulles is working uh, for the Office of Strategic Services, which eventually turns into the Central Intelligence Agency. The CIA. Yeah. Dulles is a pretty fascinating guy in his own right. Uh, born to a family with ties to many of the early presidential uh, cabinet members. Like he had a, a, in his family tree, there's a bunch of vice presidents, a couple secretaries of war, I believe. Um, 
but the Dulles family is influential and well off, so much so that young Alan is able to attend a certain prestigious Institute of Higher Learning located within our own New Jersey, Kahuna. Brookdale Community College? <laughs> you got it. A creative writing major at Brookdale Community College. <laughs> Just like myself and Mike Zapsik, we found out the other week. Oh, wow. um, no, he attends Princeton. Ah, okay. Right? Uh, a, a, a kingmaker type of a school, right? Um, Dulles is born and raised a Christian, but has a uh, long uh, and well-documented history of hating anti-Semites. So he's got a lot of... Um, not allegiance, but a, a sympathy and a, a humanitarian effort towards the, the Jewish people of the world, I would say. Um, he would not be a fan of Nick Cannon right now, basically. No, no, no. Uh, hilariously enough, our guest for the first YouTube episode is named Mike Cannon, and I'm sure he's been the subject of some terrible retweets. Um, <laughs> uh, completely not his fault. Um, yeah, what's interesting, too, about uh, Alan Dulles, he's the newly appointed director of the CIA. He's the first civilian director. So when it was the OSS, it was all you know, military personnel. Right. But now we have a civilian that's running the uh, Central Intelligence happen? Agency. And, well, you know. It, you scale down the military post-war. You scale, but you still, scale. at the same time, like, there had been leadership at that point that was military and other personnel. But, his, like. His resume is pretty good. Um, okay. So, like, it, it adds up as to yeah. why. Oh, he yeah, would. yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't just a, a gimme okay. kind of a thing. Okay. That, it wasn't an appointment, but uh, I mean, he had he had credentials that would um, justify his being placed in charge of uh, the CIA. Okay. And the CIA at this point is growing more powerful. I mean, day by day, because again, now we're in the midst of this whole Cold War. Um, with, What's the year with, with communists? Well, he he's appointed uh, in uh, 1953. And one of the early on, he gives this speech to Princeton alumni where he's um, speechifying about how some of these um, uh, returning GIs from the Korean War are being uh, brainwashed. Uh, they're they're um, they're refusing to come to come home again. And, uh, you know, he's he's describes it as, uh, quote, Soviet brain perversion techniques. Um, and he's, you know, saying we can't let this go on, that these people are uh, nefarious and abhorrent, and, and that they're, um, these GIs are being really basically tortured uh, while they were there. And then uh, it's being, being used, as I said earlier, chemical agents, hypnosis, all this kind of stuff, and it, you know, it's just goes totally against what we as and these are our guys coming back as yeah as true blue Americans that we can't allow these uh, commies to uh, to continue this on that we have to somehow fight this for you know truth justice in the American way type of a thing that we can't allow this to to continue on with this whole brainwashing this. And a new term is is coined this brain uh, brain warfare that we're going to be able to right. somehow battle what the Soviets are doing, but we're going to do it honorably in the good old fashioned American way type of a thing. Uh, so again, that Machiavellian thing Machiavellian thing comes into play here because, uh, as you just said, Dad, we're trying to. It's not hard to make a case about the Soviets being bad dudes. Okay, so we're going to do some bad shit to out bad shit their bad shit when they try to do bad shit, if that makes any sense, which it shouldn't. Um, out, <laughs> out bad the bad by being slightly less bad? 
pretty much. Again, kinder, uh, kinder, gentler machine gun hand is ah. what we're going to go with. Um, I didn't want to cut you off, LP. You got anything No, else no, that was, and, and that goes right back to the close of the war, too, where so many of these uh, uh, Nazis would prefer to surrender to the Americans and the British. There's a reason. Than <laughs> su- you know, surrendering to the Soviets because you're not going to be treated uh, in a kinder or gentler manner with uh, with the Soviets as you would with uh, with the Brits and the uh, the Americans. So. Milton Friedman always said it best: uh, people vote with their feet. So uh, that when you got you ever notice that every country you go to war with, there's a mass immigration wave that comes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason. Eventually, everyone we go to war with is represented in our food courts at the mall, um, which is good to think about. But. Uh, Quick brief background on Dulles before this speech that you mentioned, just to give Kahuna the idea, because I, I do want to emphasize he's got what a friggin' resume on this guy. Young man, uh, post law school. He's working with the U.S. Embassy programs in the 1920s and 1930s. So this is pre World War II, and he's hanging out with the likes of uh, Benito Mussolini and uh, Adolf Hitler. Okay. Uh, he's also hanging out with, um, uh, well, Churchill wasn't the prime minister yet. Uh, Chamberlain? Was that the one before him, Dad? I can't remember. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you're saying there he's hanging out with these people. Not that he's with them. He's no, meetings he, and, and heads right. of states he's kind of a thing. Trying to take the temperature of what's going on in Europe with uh, these various people that are coming into power. Kahuna just looked it up. It was Neville Chamberlain, so I'm excited Neville about Chamberlain, that. Yes, um, he's the one that basically allowed Hitler to continue on with the land grab and. You know, came back home with all kinds of. Oh, He's really that, just a silly little fellow right. when you think about it. All he, all he wants is uh, to, you know, to recentralize the Germanic uh, peoples. He's, and you know, a couple of months later, now he's invading Poland. Or not even a couple of months. I spoke later. to him. He says he's not going to do nothing to us as long as we just hand over all the. He he doesn't want us. He wants the Jews. It's right. okay. Right. Um, I don't know why I got Australian at the end. Yeah, it is was, what it uh, is. That was confusing for a it's, second. Uh, well, it's just, uh, you know, there's, there's certain words that take you certain places. <laughs> um, but oddly enough, uh, Dulles, pretty great guy uh, in terms of he is actually responsible for getting a lot of Jewish people out of Germany because he's horrified by the treatment that he's seeing of the Jews under Hitler. So he's got a lot of good stuff to him. He's got some bad stuff to him. But post-war, he is now the fixture of power within the CIA, holds the position of director for majority of his career. He is the longest tenured director in the history of the entire program, right? The How CIA. Yes. Yeah. Uh, long time, but it was uh, in different – it's almost like Casino when they're like, oh, you, you put your oh, resume to the bottom. Oh, they just changed the title. Yeah, so it's, I'm deputy director of this today. Actually, I'm the head of this committee on that. Um, but he was the big swing and dick in the room, man. Get a load of this resume from his time in the CIA. He is responsible for the coup d'etat in Iran that overthrows the government. Mm-hmm. The yeah, overth- which actually happened just a couple of weeks after he gave this big speech in, to his Whoa. Princeton alumni that, you know, we're going to do it the right way, the American way and, you know, the democratic way. And uh, meanwhile, a couple of weeks later, he's uh, secretly sponsoring the overthrow of the democratically elected leader in Iran because – that particular leader was more pro-Soviet, and well, we got to get this guy out, even if the people yeah. did vote him in. If he's going towards the to the Russians, that uh, we got to get him out of there. So, um, you know, there was all kinds of uh, underhanded dealings and uh, attempts on various political leaders. And- well, it's not just Iran; they overthrow Guatemala too, <laughs> yep. and yep. then uh, there's the failed Bay of Pigs invasion. 
that uh, we attempted to overthrow Castro. More on him later, by the way. Right. Uh, then also, uh, I'm actually going to leave this last little tidbit for um, the very end about a, a certain a certain piece of uh, his legacy that uh, is interesting here. But the big program we're covering today is MK Ultra. This is something he personally signed off on and is considered responsible for in, in many ways. We've established a major player, so it's time to get into some details here. The bulk of larger scale testing and experiments for MKUltra take place in the first 10 years of this program's existence. Yeah, and so, MKUltra, just, just to clarify here a little bit too, that was the CIA's code name for this particular program. MK meaning which department within the CIA it was going to be run by, and ultra means it's ultra top secret that you know, there's only a very few people that know that know the ins and outs of this thing. So I mean that whole MK ultra is really just um, CIA code for what this program right. was really all about. So. Probably a really really dumb question, but did, what does the MK stand for then? Uh, it's something to do with. Acronyms. It's it's very hidden stuff. It's almost like a secret code to crack within the the government. So. Is it just safe to assume it's mind control? <laughs> uh, well, Ooh. that could be. If you're gonna, I, I mean, you just, if you're going to spell control with a, with a K, K, I know. Right, but right. I was like, you know what? It, it works. It works for the narrative. This be this boy's a genius with a capital J. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do wonder if Kahuna just cracked the code, and they're like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> if I end up dead in a few weeks. Well, uh, oh, MK Ultra is not the topic that. We, if you die next week, it's because of this topic. Oh, um, uh, if uh, any of us disappear, right. it's because of this topic. Um, we, uh, we divulge too much. Well, the idea of this whole program is for them to test theories of mind control, as you said, Dad. Which, um, for us, in order to figure that out, we have to. Uh, there's certain chemicals and things that have to get put into play. There, there is like uh, maybe isolation tanks or enhanced interrogation or sleep deprivation and stuff. But uh, more so, electroshock therapy gets administered here during the program, as well as the use of hallucinogenic drugs. Um, there's something I wanted to ask you, though. Hit me. You said the first 10 years. Oh. How long did this go on for? That depends on who you ask, my right. friend. And what they still have records for. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into th This is as shady as... Sh yeah, okay, so there's an image I'm going to put into your is head Is this like quickly. Slim Shady level shady? Or is it like even shadier? This is uh, everything you read about or heard about, rather, about this, this following image of you sitting in a chair restrained, right? You're restrained in a chair sitting in a room with a single spotlight on you. And the rest of the room is pitch black dark. And people come up to you and start asking you questions or someone's in the room talking to you. But then there's a group of people to your right writing notes down about everything you say and making uh, like very creepy like noir type stuff, X-Files kind of shit. Noticed I opened my eyes because I actually closed them to pictureize. Yep. I was like, that is, I'm not comfortable at this point in <laughs> time. It uh, ain't going to get easier. I told you, man. Make sure that seatbelt's in tight. Now, yeah, all right. imagine that, a though. Turbulence. Imagine that on uh, some of the, the this newfangled drug that they're absolutely loving testing on people. No. Is it? LSD. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm understanding. No, it doesn't even add up. Like I'm like, wait, where does the where's the Grateful Dead come into all this? Oh yeah. Uh, by the end of this episode, you will have realized that potentially the CIA created the Grateful Dead. Oh. Inadvertently, uh, of course. Let me be clear oh. about that. Yeah, I mean, even in that in that alumni speech that he gave to uh, to the Princeton alumni, uh, 
you know, he was saying that uh, the U.S. is somewhat handicapped, quote, um, in brain warfare, unquote. Um, you know, we're falling behind the, the times here that these the Soviets are doing shit that we don't even know about. And then the CIA gets wind of reports that the Soviets are trying to buy up all the LSD in the world. Like they were trying to corner the market in LSD. Uh, and LSD, by the way, created by a Swiss chemist named Albert Hoffman. Okay, and there were patents for it once. This was once like thought to be a pharmaceutical wonder that it was a cure-all for all sorts of personality defects and everything. And now, like you said, the the Russians are getting in on this because it's the idea of attempting to uh, corner the market and have uh, uh, power via, uh, oddly, the uh, Soviets are understanding the uh, virtues of capitalism, (laughs) ironically. I was setting you up for that. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, no, uh, the whole the whole thing was that, you know, we, we got to play catch up. So but we can't do it the way the Soviets are doing it because we're Americans and we don't do that kind of shit. We can't do uh, testing on human beings without them knowing about it. Where it's it's you know going back to the old uh, Nazi concentration camp stuff where we're doing we're using human beings um, as, as test subjects. Do you know the name of the scientist, the evil, the most evil Nazi scientist of all time, Kahuna? Do you know the guy's name? Most evil? Yeah. The Red Skull? Uh, Yosef Mengele. <laughs> he, he, Red Skull goes, that guy's fucked up. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? That guy's over the top. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty intense that way. Um, now, the drug is initially, like we said, thought to be a good thing. But like anything else in the military industrial complex, not just America's, but the entire world, uh, any major power, it's... Hey, that's a cool new invention. How do we use it to kill somebody? Enter Sidney Gottlieb. Okay. Gottlieb was a nice Hungarian Jewish boy from the Bronx. Okay. He got involved quickly with science and earned himself a nice government job as a poison expert. Okay. A government job as a poison expert. People go crazy when they hear that Saddam Hussein, his position in the uh, Iraqi military was a torturer. Yeah. We had a poison expert. So there's that. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole military complex, though, is if, is if there's anything that we might be able to weaponize, we're going to find out about it. I mean, let's not forget about being gassed in the in the First World War um, that, you know, that's that's chemical warfare. Um, so to use LSD or mind altering drugs, the whole idea for the CIA is that if we could take this LSD and slip it to somebody and it's almost like a truth serum type of a thing that they could spill their guts as to all they know. And then we can also erase their mind. It's almost like men in black. We're going to we're going to be able to another good reference. Up. We can uh, we can flash you in front of your eyes and you're going to forget that you even spilled your guts to what's going on. So it's a, it's a mind erase at the same time. So you can empty your mind of all your all your secrets and then. Uh, erase all of that that you even um, set what you what you told you know uh, what oh, you, so what you gave like, away so right you have no ideas that hey we know something that you don't know <laughs> well yeah we just erased your mind and it, it's wild because uh, I actually wrote down a list of some of the things they wanted to get to uh, uh, they thought they could harness this you know drug for if you will um, but uh, Mr. Gottlieb uh, pulls on old Mr. Dulles's ear a little bit and convinces him that uh, with the appropriate amount of uh, fundage and some testing, LSD could be uh, harnessed and weaponized by the U.S., right? 
So uh, this guy got a nickname, by the way, Gottlieb. Two of his nicknames, the Black Sorcerer and the Dirty Trickster. Okay. Gottlieb was also a man who wanted to kill Castro via a, uh, he had a poison wetsuit that he tried to give to Castro. Hey, Castro, we just got you this brand new wetsuit. I don't know if I want to put that on. Oh, no, it's really comfortable. You'll love it. Yeah. In addition, they also wanted to give him a, uh, I believe it was either a poison or an exploding cigar. Exploding cigars. They, they... <laughs> yes. Absolutely. 100% correct. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I know it's it's, no. it's serious business, but like, come on. How do you not laugh at that? Yeah. <laughs> really. Wait, because my mind goes to Looney Tunes. What's that? What's that in live action from? What is? What is? Uh, who's got the the exploding cigar? Is it the, the Three Stooges too? Yeah, I think the Three Stooges. There's a Stooges bunch of those too. There's always been um, like whenever you see the cigar get down to the ash. Uh oh, like that's <laughs> that's literally what they were no, trying to set that, you up for. I always see it in Looney Tunes, but I was like, if there's something else. But anyway, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help. But yeah, laugh. I mean, they tried to assassinate uh, Castro a number of times because again, that was another communist influence. Now, just 90 miles off of our off of our home shores. So like, yeah, right. And we, we had our eye on Cuba and it was Jefferson, the CIA, by the way. It was the CIA who was the masterminds behind the uh, the um, Bay of Pigs uh, fiasco. So, so um, at what point did they just give up and were like, let's hire Wile E. Coyote to figure this yeah, out? Yeah, really. Up <laughs> an anvil on that guy. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> if, if, see, uh, that's the real Looney Tunes movie I want to see. Wile E. Coyote versus Fidel Castro. Yeah. Picture Daffy Duck in front of a billboard, uh, not billboard, in front of a blackboard presenting ideas to the CIA. <laughs> it, it, it's really not that far off. <laughs> Got that casting couch going early here. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looney so. Tunes packing real action. So this one, we might have to, I, I just was texting with the Kahuna earlier. Uh, well, so we do have a, a, a guest for our YouTube episode that's going to call in around night. So we might have to do a quick pause on this one and then come back to it. And of course, some douchebag revs his motorcycle outside the studio. It's always. It is what it is. Um, but I want to get into this before we uh, hit that certain part. So the OSS has this reputation um, for doing some wild stuff, right? But like you said at the very beginning of the episode, Dad, it's because uh, it, the country's best interest is at heart here. Right. Okay. Now, M- you just said OSS, but the OSS became the CIA. Right. But, so, okay. Uh, to me, I, but we're still correct. we're still fighting for truth, justice in the American way. And somewhere along the way, we lost a couple of points of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right. This leads to 1955 and a little uh, subproject of MK Ultra, known as Subproject 27 where they uh, tested LSD on patients from various, uh, like, different backgrounds. Because with a, an experiment, right, you want to have controls and variables, right? That's the scientific method we all learned in school. Um, same applies when you're giving LSD to people on government money. Um, a couple of the people are going to be highly educated military officers, uh, some doctors, uh, other agents. Yeah, the CIA uh, was was dosing other agents mm-hmm. with uh, LSD to see what the what the reaction was going to be. I mean, if you're going to find out, can we get secrets out of this guy while he's under the influence? Well, what better way to, <laughs> to test out some of our own guys? Sometimes they knew about it. Sometimes they didn't know about it. And this whole um, MK Ultra project was in a lot of different. Um, Areas. Um, I mean, the, the CIA began to fund studies at Columbia University. Well, well, just before we even get to that, though, unit the we talked about the upper echelon of people that they were testing on. They were also testing this on heroin addicts and prostitutes. Joe averages 
some people would. would I don't like the. That's your average, by the way. I'm a little uncomfortable (laughs) with that. Well, some people would actually volunteer because they were they were paid guinea pigs. It's kind of like going for a, uh, uh, you know, a a market study type of a thing. Hey, little Mister Heroin Addict, do you want some more heroin? Do you just come up? You sign this piece of paper. I'm going to give you all the heroin you want, little buddy. So wait, what would they do? They would just like they'd be like, hey. Come try this out, and what would they do? Like, just sit you in a room while you tripped for hours? Was the yeah, one? that's off. Okay, okay. And, and we're not even to the nefarious part yet. <laughs> yeah. That's not nefarious. <laughs> no, like, no, it no. ain't good, but it ain't it ain't as bad as some of the shit that's coming. Um, so they they are testing this out on people, but uh, again, it's 1955 is the year, and. Uh, that that's when they start really moving forward with uh, Subproject 27. Now, Dad, you mentioned some prestigious schools in the country. Right. What do they have to do with this? Well, they, they were also doing some experimentation. Some of them knew about it. Some of them didn't know about it. Some of them, and, it was the, and not just the United States. There was also some uh, dummy corporations that set up that were now in Canada. So it's not just Americans. It's also Canadians that were um, duped into... Um, some of these uh, experiments, if you want to put a whitewash on it, experiments, and it wasn't just necessarily LSD. I mean, they were doing um, they were doing experiments with ecstasy, mescaline, heroin, barbiturates, and magic. So all mushrooms. the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. How do you right? think you get college kids to sign it's up? A How party. do you think you get big Kahuna? It's That's a party a- bag. <laughs> Dude, this is pretty much a uh, um, it's a music fest uh, that's being experiment like but the the orchestrators of the music fest is not fish or the grateful dead or some edm group it's the cia okay that's literally what's going on here now um oh, a Lollapalooza. All right. i have a uh, <laughs> i have a reference that i'm pretty sure kahuna is going to be excited about um so uh, a great way to make some money uh as a college student is to take part in research programs uh, and much like the poor student at Columbia that took up a certain Dr. Peter Venkman's research assignment, many college students are not aware of what they're about to get involved with. Uh, these experiments would include uh, induced brainwashing, behavior monetization, uh, or monetization. Modification. Mo- well, modification, and they were also monitored under extreme oh, okay. circumstances. And uh, sometimes they wanted to, depending on the quality of the person, if they felt like they could get away with um, psychologically torturing individuals. So um, that part's good there. It's um, it, it gets dark fast. Did you have anything else real quick? No, it was just, a, again, it was a, a cross-section uh, of, of people that were involved with these, you know, tests, quote-unquote tests, that uh, some of them were even um, uh, mental patients uh, who were institutionalized or um, somebody in a, in a veteran's hospital because uh, I think the guy that you're leading up to was actually working a part-time job at a veteran's hospital where he volunteered. And I'll let you jump into, into that one. Well, we're, we're going to hit um, a brief break here in a second. We're going to have to hit the pause button, bring on our YouTube guest uh, for the, the other uh, portion of the episode and then come back into this. So I think we got it set up right now that this is, it, to, to do a brief recap, this is the a government program that is trying to study something that is, they're trying to apply, the idea of controls in something that lacks control, quite like the hallucinogens and this rampant drug use and all that other stuff, there's a reason why this program essentially turns into uh, 
your days with Theta Nu Sigma <laughs> at Trenton State. Okay, easy now, easy. It, now. it goes off the rails easy fast. But yeah, it's your tax dollars at work for sure. That uh, you know, it's a government funded and sponsored, uh, all in secrecy. But uh, it's your tax dollars at work for truth, justice, and the American way. So we're going to set that up in a second. It, just a quick reminder to you guys as well. A free episode shows up on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you can find your podcasts every Tuesday, right? Check us out at American Loser uh, Podcast on Instagram, American Loser Podcast on Facebook. For $5 a month, you can go ahead and be a part of the Patreon. We're going to be right back. we got to handle something else in studio real quick, and then we're going to finish telling the bizarre story of MK Ultra. Thank you. Okay, so as we've been talking about here today, guys, it is uh, MK Ultra. That is the absolutely true, one thousand percent accurate story about a pretty awful government program um, that was started off uh, by the CIA, where they were testing on willing and unwilling subjects. Dad. Yeah. Well, some volunteered, some didn't even know it was coming. So. Well, there was uh, a lot of it was just guys in rooms testing out stuff. Uh, there, there were prisoners that were getting drugs tested on them. Drugs, by the way, including uh, methamphetamine, magic mushrooms, cocaine, mescaline, heroin, methamphetamine. Uh, as my buddy Nate would always say, he watched a lot of cops. So uh, I don't know what it is about methamphetamine, but everybody needs to get naked when they're on it. <laughs> so that's a true story with him. Um, but uh, and then the big drug was LSD, which they were trying to use in order to uh, uh, do mind control topics. Uh, they infiltrated institutes of higher learning getting these volunteers for it um and the thought was at the time by the way they're continuing programs that were done by uh Josef Mengele of the Nazi party the evil 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 Nazi uh doctor that was doing uh tests on twins where he would stab a twin to see if uh, the other twin felt it yeah, just uh just continuing that that rock solid's uh research a little a couple of steps further that's all so they wind up getting um into other parts of this. We talked about controls and uh, variables and experiments. So now the idea is that they're going to lure in people who are unaware of what's going on with, um, you know, what, what's about to happen to them, if you will. And they're going to uh, use, they were using hookers. So by the way, these are government funded hookers that are going to uh, bring a John in who, the idea being that he'll be too embarrassed to go to the authorities. Working nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the big, the big fear here with the CIA was that they already got wind that the Soviets are doing experimentation or trying to buy up a whole bunch of LSD. And the fear was that the Soviets were going to use LSD on American CIA agents as as a truth serum kind of a thing, or or a mind erase, a memory a memory erase. So I mean, if the Soviets are into it, we're into it. We're gonna we're gonna have to just one up them. That's all. So this whole secret program that comes up, they create these safe houses um, that's hooked up with uh, one way mirrors and uh, video, not video at that point, but cameras, so that they record the reactions. And these safe houses are. Um, just looking like any other prostitutes room type of thing they hire hot prostitutes to lure these unsuspecting johns to go back to the room and um government hookers get dental by the way just saying oh is that right <laughs> they've got a great dental program okay um i didn't know that in the health insurance <laughs> that's good but um probably would need that for uh in that line of work that uh, well it's like health- an athlete has to keep their body in check you right. know what i mean there you it's- go <laughs> Um, so one-way mirrors in these creepy-ass hotel room-type-looking things. 
Yeah, and they're, four guys thinking they're about to get laid. And they're doing research as to find out what the reaction is to being, um, you know, um, dosed with uh, with LSD because it was a, a relatively unknown, you know, quantity at that particular point. So they're doing uh, they're doing valid scientific research. Well, they're monitoring these guys, and what would happen is then the girl would slip LSD into the guy's drink. Uh-huh. And either the guy would continue to, you know, have the interaction with the hooker while people were watching and documenting everything that was happening, or they'd have a total, complete schizophrenic break, what they thought. Because keep in mind, this is the 1950s. This is not, uh, what, you know, people aren't reading Hunter S. Thompson just yet. Uh, Easy Rider hasn't come out. People don't know what's going on with this shit just yet. And um, so that program's going on. They're actually in violation, uh, ethically, of something known as the Nuremberg Rules. and. <laughs> Right. Literally, we are violating on our own citizens the Nuremberg rules of the trial, which is uh, to punish Nazi war criminals for some of the, We just put this shit into effect to punish the concentration camp architects and perpetrators and all that other stuff. And within 20 years, we're breaking it. The CIA, I should say, is breaking it for MKUltra as we're testing this on unaware and unwilling uh, participants. Yeah, I just love the, the the name that they gave this to. I mean, we're in MKUltra, but this particular operation where they're dealing with uh, the prostitutes and everything else is called Operation Midnight Climax. <laughs> I just thought I that was... The name I forgot I forgot. I thought that was just great. Um so yeah, they're they're uh, they're um, recording everybody with uh, you know hidden cameras and, and and that type of thing. And this wasn't just one operation. This w- this took place in San Francisco, and uh, Marion County, California, and in New York City. This whole MK Ultra thing was in uh, major universities and colleges and hospitals. I mean, th- and and prisons. Um, throughout the country, and even in, and some things was even going on in Canada. So, so just to, uh, to point out two universities. So we said it earlier. We said Columbia, which got Kahuna to give the eyebrow raise for Ghostbusters reference, right? Um, so by the way, New York in the 1950s, the Beatniks hanging out. You don't think that those guys were talking about? Hey, man, uh, I had this out of body experience recently. I wanted to write about, and then all of a sudden, there's a drug culture and a counterculture forming over there. And another prestigious university was Stanford, okay, which is just a few miles away from a certain city by the bay, maybe a city that already has some eccentric characters like an emperor. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the next phase, like we said, was for them to set up these safe houses like they've set up now. Uh, And we're just doing some disgusting shit here. Very few documents survive about MKUltra, but one that turned up in 19, written originally in 1955, showed the scope of the program. And um, one of the major points they wanted to make, they wanted to dose Fidel Castro, who we already said they tried to kill with a poison wetsuit and an exploding cigar, (laughs) right? Which is nothing short of hilarious. (laughs) I gotta grow up. (laughs) No, dude, that- Give Fidel a little uh, trip. (laughs) The day you don't enjoy that is, uh, yeah, they wanted to give him a lethal dose of LSD to the point where he wouldn't make any sense. And they would say, well, shit, he's incapacitated. We don't know what to do right now. He's not dead, so we can't replace him. So it it was, there was some really interesting psyops going on here, but- uh, they were interested with MKUltra in finding substances which would promote illogical thinking and impulsiveness to the point where a recipient would be discredited in public. So as mentioned earlier, like the Men in Black uh, brain nebulizer or whatever it was, where they, they knock you, uh, uh, you put your sunglasses on and you can erase the memories of everybody around you. 
Uh, they wanted to work on things for what drugs would cause paralysis, what drugs would cause you to age faster or slower, uh, what drugs would uh, use a chemical that could cause blisters, uh, personality structure, alterization. I mean, this was heinous shit, man. This was this would be considered war crimes. Uh, right. Except it's these guys should have been in Nuremberg on trial. Exactly. And meanwhile, these guys are hanging out partying. Right. Uh, just it, it, it's the CIA agents back then were like, where else could a red blooded American boy um, party with hookers, free drugs, uh, the booze, uh, just hang it like these guys. The are, CIA. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I, uh, I got a quote from one of the agents, uh, a George White wrote to Gottlieb, the guy that was in charge of the entire program in 1971. Of course, I was a very minor missionary, actually a heretic. This was the guy that was in charge. George White was one of the guys that was involved with the with the prostitutes with Operation Midnight Climax. Of course, I was a very minor missionary, actually a heretic. But I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, and cheat, steal, deceive, rape, and pillage with the sanction and blessing of the all-highest? <laughs> so... That's that's a government job. Kahuna, I'll ask you this. You're a great guy. You have a strong moral compass. You have a great family, right? In GTA, how quickly were you killing hookers? Oh, like, for first thing. Like. Because there was no punishment involved. You no. could act with impunity. Real-life CIA was living GTA. Okay? That's, that's the best way I can think of to describe it. Oh, yeah. Do is follow the damn train, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how fast and loose were these guys playing? Uh, real quick story we have to tell here uh, in the, the as we the downward half of uh, um, the episode here. In 1953, at a retreat in Deep Creek Lake, Maryland, Sidney Gottlieb, the guy who was telling Dulles, "We got to study LSD. Give me government-funded LSD, and give me some money to buy this and that. And we'll do these studies." So, uh, hookers, booze, and drugs—like uh, a Warren Zevon song, popping, you know, coming to life with uh, the government agents with their guns. Um, Gottlieb assembles a team of highly intellectual germ warfare specialists, most with military engineering backgrounds, for a retreat. And after dinner on the second night of the retreat, Gottlieb spikes a bottle of triple sec with LSD. Right. And uh, he doesn't tell these guys what's going on. They just sit around and trip balls. And if you check out our YouTube video uh, version of the episode we did with uh, the hilarious Mike Cannon, he would say that if he was in the room, he would, quote, Irish his way through it, end quote, by just sitting there and just suffering quietly as he's tripping. But again, Mike also admitted that's because he now knows what these things are. These guys are thinking they're all having schizophrenic episodes at the same time. Not that's got to be the worst game of charades at a retreat in the woods <laughs> wow. in the history. It's a, is it is it spiders crawling all over my face? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, is the walls are the walls bleeding? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So it's getting intense over here. Uh, one guy who gets uh, drugged is uh, the unfortunate true. I would say the biggest victim. If there is a loser as a person in this episode. And we don't mean loser as a pejorative. We mean he's the unfortunate victim of this program. It's a guy by the name of Frank Olson, who is a brilliant mind in the field of biowarfare. He's a biochemist yeah. uh, working for Special Operations Division. But when he gets into this, it's for the war effort. I want to help the boys. We want to beat back the Nazis. We want to stop J Japan, who attacked us in Pearl Harbor. Now you're in this post-war world, and things are getting a little bit sketchier. The line of gray areas is starting to move a little bit. It's hard to have a moral compass in this particular field. 
Now, dose the motherfucker with acid without telling him and see how he responds. It does not go good. He thinks and fears he's had a complete schizophrenic break, right, Dad? Yeah, he's, he's severely depressed, and uh, uh, he told his wife that he had uh, done something wrong, you know, that he was involved with something that was not good, not was bad shit, but he couldn't tell her what. Um, and he's actually on the verge of a, you know, he's, he believes that he's on the verge of a nervous breakdown, that... You know, again, this is the early stages of uh, LSD or the early times that nobody really knows what anybody's reaction is. It's so wild that nobody knows what's going to happen when you're when you're taking a, a tab of acid. Yeah, and this guy doesn't know how to paint either, so he doesn't have any of that. <laughs> um, he doesn't know that his body is a paintbrush. That's <laughs> well, uh, he winds up uh, having this breakdown, and he shows up, uh, I guess, a couple days later. At 7:30 in the morning, on Gottlieb's front steps, saying, uh, "Hey, I got to get out of this germ warfare, bio warfare thing. I can't do it. It's uh, it's not for me." Yeah, psychoactive uh, drugs is really what the the term that they put to it. But yeah. Okay, no, that's the you're correct. That's the 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 actual legal and medical term for. It. But he goes, "I got to get out of this shit. Um, I don't. I can't deal with this anymore. I want to get out of this field entirely and move on to something else." And Sidney Gottlieb goes. We totally understand, man. Don't worry about that. Go get seen by the doctor, though. And uh, unfortunately, the doctor, just just let him check you out. Make sure you're doing okay. The doctor is also conveniently a member of MKUltra, right? So now he goes to get seen by this doctor in New York City. They put him up in the Statler Hotel across the street from Penn Station. A hotel is still standing in uh, Manhattan. Oh, do I got a creepy fact for you after this? Hit me now. Oh, you want to hear this? Yes. So the floor that this would all apparently go down on in the future is completely abandoned at the, at the Hotel Pennsylvania. Uh, there is no way you can access it unless you go through like a select way through the stairs. But like... Apparently, a lot of weird stuff has gone on on this floor. Well, so on the thirteenth floor, on, they, on, so they apparently just shut it down. <laughs> well, that's like that creepy thing with hotels where they avoid naming anything the thirteenth floor. They just so. skip it, go right to fourteen, yeah. which is the right move. But this, that, I would say, this incident we're talking about right here, definitely one of the creepy things that probably set off the vibe over there, because. Uh, Olsen, apparently very depressed, like you said, Dad, family man who's not talking to his family now for a week. So they think something's up. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, old Dad hasn't been quite the same since this uh, <clears throat> retreat he went on. Uh, I don't think they've let him know that he was dosed with LSD yet. Um, and he's thinking he's having a schizophrenic breakdown because he had a bad trip, man. And um, it, it's there's funny stories about people having bad trips now, but that's because we have the knowledge base for this. This guy had nothing to go off of. He thinks he's literally gone batshit crazy. He thinks he's gone full Charles J. Gateau, for lack of a better term. Yeah, he thinks he's having a nervous breakdown. And uh, he gets seen by the doctor, and the doctor goes, oh, man, you really are having a hard time. I'm, you got depression. You got this. And we're going to probably have to hospitalize you and or you know, maybe institutionalize you for a little bit. Full disclosure, folks, I've heard this story. I fucking hate it. Like, it's, a- <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. And Frank Olson has a roommate with him, right, that's staying in the room with him. And uh, he uh, is, again, at this hotel right across the street from Penn Station in New York. Building still standing, as Kahuna has proven. And uh, they go ahead, and uh, he, unfortunately, it would seem, jumps out of his hotel room window on the 13th floor and dies on impact, okay? Does a header on the sidewalk. What are the weird things that maybe we're not 
being told everything about at the time, Dad. Yeah, what was interesting, too, is that um, um, Frank Olson um, was originally thought that he committed suicide, that uh, he jumped through the window. He didn't open the window. He jumped, he crashed through the glass window to land on the sidewalk below. But he had a roommate at the time, this uh, Dr. Lashbrook, and Dr. Lashbrook was also one of the guys that was at that meeting in uh, Deer Creek, uh, Lake, Deep Creek Lake in Maryland. And it was later suspected that perhaps the guy that actually put the LSD in the after dinner drinks was either Dr. Lashbrook or the head of the program, uh, Sidney uh, Gottlieb. So you um, go stay with uh, the guy who right. dosed you uh, and on the orders of the guy who dosed you and go see somebody who probably knew you were getting dosed. And uh, what's going to happen is, uh, unfortunately, as you said, Dad, with the autopsy, they say that he went through this window, right? In order, but there's no cut marks on the body. Yeah, right? a later, a later autopsy showed that he had injuries that were not um, con not similar to what would have uh, the injuries that would have happened if things he, didn't add up. If he did a header, yeah, it didn't. It didn't really add up. There's a Netflix. <laughs> and there was also. Um, I mean, the, the person who called in um, the police was not his roommate, this Dr. Lashbrook. It was actually the, the night manager at the hotel that uh, went out onto the sidewalk to see this guy just, you know, splattered on the sidewalk. I, I picture like the uh, the cop, uh, what's his name? The, the, he's such a good actor from uh, Family Matters when he shows up in Die Hard. Oh, uh Oh crap! I know what his name is, but Carl? I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, when he shows Winslow, like, Carl Winslow, yeah, he shows up. He's, he's like, "Yeah, quiet night tonight here at the." <laughs> yeah. Shots fired! Shots fired! As he reverses away. Oh, dude, it is. Um, it's absolutely. We we've covered it. We're going to talk a little bit more about it here, but there's no doubt about it. This guy got murdered. Okay. He's a true victim of the MK Ultra program. Yeah, he wanted out, and they weren't letting him out. No one leaves the he, program. He knew too much. Yeah. So uh, it's the Hotel Pennsylvania. I, for some reason, I kept calling it the Statler. I wonder if that was right or if it maybe got renamed afterwards. I think I think it was renamed. I th oh, no, it was always the... No, it was the, the Statler. Okay. So, no, that, that's it good to know. It was the Hotel that. Statler, yeah. I, dude, I would change my name, too, if somebody fucking took a right, header right. out of the window and onto, in front of Penn Station. Um, Another Muppet connection? Hit me. What was this hotel oh, called? Oh, a little Baldark. <laughs> that is, uh, that's quality work right there, Kona. That was That is your Jersey I was, connection. I was sitting on it, man. I was like, <laughs> is KP going to recognize this or am I going to have to point it out oh, to him? Kahuna He's playing Psych oh, Warfare man. with me, Dad. Yeah, apparently uh, while he was in New York, I mean, supposedly to get help or to see this doctor that was uh, CIA uh, uh, suggestion, um, he's hearing voices and suffering from delusions, and he threw out all his identification and his money. And, uh, you know, and the family is not buying this suicide thing because he was not a suicide type personality type of thing. Um, and, you know, the, the family is accusing the CIA of, of directly causing his death by keeping him secluded in this 13 story hotel room. Um, and it wasn't until later that, uh, you know, the children, um, his uh, body exhumed and... Uh, well, and, don't and mention the president autopsy. just yet. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I want to cover one thing here. So we started talking about Alan Dulles, who's the head of the CIA, who literally is the, uh, the, the guy who signs off on Gottlieb 
and the boys going crazy with this program where they're they're dosing people with LSD, they're engaged in uh, psychological torture, they're hiring hookers, they're playing fast and loose. They probably got Frank Olson killed, um, and it, it's a little bit wild here because uh, they realize that the program Gottlieb actually leaves the program because he realizes. I swear to God, Gottlieb retires. The man who came up with this whole program retires to raise goats and eat yogurt. Yeah. After some shit like what after what he pulled, I would I would yeah, nice I would do the same. Quiet thing. life in the country. Man, you man. know what's weird about that too? That's actually a recurring thing. Like uh the same thing happened with Ken Kessie. He went through a whole bunch of stuff after his uh his volunteer and then just ended up in the woods in Oregon and was just like, I'm just gonna stay here. It makes you realize uh the beauty and, of nature. And Kessie too though. <laughs> he was he was one of the early um um paid test subjects of this whole LSD uh, testing and then became a big proponent for LSD. There's a really and cool uh, documentary, sorry to cut you off. No, that's right. Uh, to the, if you, any, any of you want to check out, called Magic Trip. And it's uh, Cassie, it's them documenting. I've, I think I've seen part of it. It's them documentary, documenting like the first like kind of use of social acid in a group of friends but it's Those also were known as acid tests yes they were big parties yet now where do you think kessie got his first dose of acid so like we said earlier the cia accidentally created hate ashbury and the counterculture and all that other stuff and acid rock like the grateful dead all that other shit um you know uh, jimmy hendrix is gonna later play uh the star spangled banner on the guitar in uh, the electric guitar in one of the coolest renditions of the song I've ever heard, uh, reportedly on acid. And uh, it's all thanks to the boys at the CIA. So that's that's uncomfortable. <laughs> there a you go. Bit. That's right. I hate that so much. Uh, <laughs> I but, hate that. But it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, through Ken Kessler, we have another Muppet connection. <laughs> oh, hit me with your Muppet connection you know, real quick. Because sometimes I'll, just, I'll sit. So like when you said what this was, I, I sometimes I'll pull up like an article to see like okay where are they at and read a little bit into it especially if I don't know what it was with this I didn't know but I knew the name so I had the page pulled up and then I'm scrolling down and I see Ken Ke okay so full disclosure first and foremost this is one of Kahuna's rabbit hole connections it's still there but it's just kind of funny so Ken Kessie I, I keep butchering his last name, so I'm, I apologize. It's Kesey. Kesey. I, I screwed it up to a million times. <laughs> so, Kesey, got it. So during his acid, his times of the acid tests, he would go on road trips with his quote-unquote band of merry pranksters. This is what he would yes, call his group right. of friends. Mm -hmm. yep. and they made they, a lot of acid, those yeah, boys. Yeah, they, they did. So they would travel around in this bus called Further. They would travel all across the country. <laughs> they would go everywhere in this painted monstrosity. And it was such an icon of the 60s at the time that film and television started adapting it into making their own weird-looking psychedelic buses. Part, part for the course, the Partridge Family. The Partridge Family, mm -hmm. Magical then, Mystery Tour. Magical Mystery Tour. And then a certain 1979 movie that came out, uh, directed by James Frawley called The Muppet Movie, and it was owned by Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, and it was the Electric Mayhem bus that they painted up to look like this almost, just like a diet version of it. Which so, fits the motif of <laughs> Electric Mayhem, I would say for sure. So, right. of course, the Muppets are involved with the CIA acid tests. Of course. That's their loose connection. 
Well, you're putting, uh, you're putting flower uh, decals on your Volkswagen. Oh, of course. I love that, by the way. I really do love that. <laughs> um, now, important note here about our boy Dulles. Like we said, Dulles, like we said, over he overthrew governments. He orchestrated assassinations. But this was a red-blooded American man. He was always in the best interest of the country with what he was doing. That being said, uh, he also almost overthrew the Castro regime and took Cuba back. Okay, and Cuba, by the way, we've had our eye on since Jefferson, like we talked about, uh, because of just the the, the geopolitical climate of uh, that whole thing. So uh, anyway, the reason why that's important is because Bay of Pigs, as we've covered, total failure. Right. And JFK is very good. JFK was the most media savvy president we've had in a long, long time, maybe ever, because what he does is uh, he just goes, he goes, oh, yeah, uh, listen, Dulles, that was Dulles's fault. You got to go. That was an operation that probably would have worked. The military guys and the CIA agents and everybody else who was involved wanted Kennedy's head removed from his body. And oddly enough, that happens shortly after Bay of Pigs, a couple years after, I think. Um, and there's some rumors of CIA involvement. So are you meaning to tell me, Dad, that when the president <laughs> of the United States uh, bungle something completely by overstepping his bounds and, and literally micromanaging the CIA, the most powerful intelligence agency in the world, who has also killed this Frank Olson guy and is playing fast and loose with the rules and drug-filled you know, uh, meetings with prostitutes, booze, and guns, uh, is overthrowing governments. You think that maybe you don't want to piss those guys off? Yeah, there might be uh, some conspiracy theorists out there that might... Try to put some things together. So Dulles uh, Dirty deeds gets removed. <laughs> Dulles gets removed from power now. He gets scapegoated by Kennedy. Uh, all of a sudden, Kennedy gets his head blown off in Dallas, right? Under some suspicious circumstances, which we'll cover on another episode one day. However, uh, important to note that what happens now is that Dulles is removed uh, from power, but all of a sudden gets brought back into a position of power by the new president, Kennedy's VP, Lyndon Bain Johnson, right. assumes mm -hmm. the presidency. Kennedy's assassinated in Texas. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Lyndon Johnson is now the president. And they start a thing called the Warren Commission to investigate the murder of the president. LBJ personally taps as one of the lead investigators, Alan Dulles. So, it, as, as again, as Mike Cannon said in our YouTube episode, which will is all, it's also going to be available around the same time as this, because that's like when uh, uh, you have like a, a, a tell a cop to investigate himself or tell an employee of any organization really to investigate right. themselves. Uh, KP, where do you what what jokes of yours? Do you think any of your jokes are uh, in poor taste? No. OK, investigation's <laughs> over. This KP right. kid's clean. <laughs> Internal investigation. So it gets unsettling with that stuff. But Dulles is back in power that way. Gottlieb leaves the program, like we said, and that he realizes that majority of the program was a failure, right? That they couldn't really prove tangible results for anything they wanted to do with this psych warfare. Um, now, it gets a little bit wild here as we're wrapping up because the program is pretty much quiet until 1973 when President Nixon gets involved in a little scandal known as Watergate. Um, we will probably cover that on another episode, Dad. But in short, what was the national climate? What was the zeitgeist of 1973, <laughs> you handsome fucking... Yeah, 1973. Well, Mr. Nixon wasn't the most popular... Uh, President Nixon wasn't the most popular guy for a lot of, uh, a lot of Americans. And he gets caught breaking into uh, the uh, 
the other side of the party's uh, uh, headquarters type of thing. And uh, you got guys across the aisle. And anyhow, there's a whole big investigation. He's actually, um, he wasn't impeached, but came damn close. And he removed himself from office before he could get impeached. And then uh, we have Gerald Ford coming into play. Meanwhile, the um, the family of uh, Frank Olson, the guy who jumped out the window on the 13th floor, uh, they're uh, investigating. And a lot of uh, information is coming forth that was really hidden because of the Freedom of Information Act. So people are delving into a lot of different files trying to investigate Nixon and a whole host of other things that are now finally coming to light. Um, to me, this is like a, a big time when journalists are legitimate heroes, too, with right. some of the work there, because it's the New York Times is putting out articles about this. And uh, obviously everything that went down with Watergate, because, you know, Nixon's corruption is exposed. Now people are saying, well, what else don't we know about? What else is going on in the shadowy corners of this government of ours? Right. And when M MK Ultra was shut down, um, the uh, head of the CIA at the time ordered uh, a complete uh, purge of all the records. In other words, leave no leave no trace type of a thing. Um, it was Richard Helms, by the way. Yeah, as Helms, soon as he Helms, hears that Watergate goes down, he goes, he goes, fuck, get rid of everything. Right, right. If, if there's going to be an investigation for Watergate, there's going to be an investigation for a lot of other stuff that we don't want uh, haven't come to uh, the light of day. Um, so he orders to destroy whatever uh, MK Ultra records. And let's face it, it was an illegal operation to begin with. So they're not going to keep real strong records of, of illegal, illegal operations. Um, but what does come to light is there were, I think, 40,000 pages of uh, MK Ultra. This is the best part of the entire records story. That were found completely filed in the wrong place. They're found in financial records where it was like an operations details that shouldn't have been anywhere near the uh, financial records, but it's it's discovered, again, with this Freedom of Information Act. And now... Imagine keeping the murder weapon, but being like, well, I wiped it clean. <laughs> right, but yeah, that's still, but you still hanging around. It's so still th hanging this around. blows up in their face bad. So there's, there's another... Um, investigation at the, the uh, for all intents and purposes the uh, the case is reopened with uh, mr frank olson and although it never did come to um a trial or, or a court kind of a thing um the federal government settles out of court with the olson family and president part of the settlement was that there was going to be a presidential apology so gerald ford president gerald ford apologizes at the White House to the Olson family, and they're awarded uh, three-quarters of a million dollars. Now, we're Sorry talking, we killed your dad, right. man. Yeah. How many apologies did Ford have to make, too, by the way? Ford assumes the office after Nixon got exposed as a, a you know tricky dick, literally, that, that right. became— then Ford has to make uh, he has to apologize. Hey, sorry, I pardoned Tricky Dick. Hey, sorry, the CIA killed your dad. Hey, sorry about this thing. Ford really was if you his own biographers say he was one of the most honorable men to ever hold the office. Yeah, I mean, at that time, I mean, the, the public opinion of, of our government was, <laughs> on, uh, let's say, on a downswing. That uh, you know, the uh, it wasn't a hooray for us, and it, that that really wasn't turned around until uh, you know Ronald Reagan came into office, and there was a 
uh, proud to be an American type of thing again because we're doing the same shit that a lot of our enemies are doing with oh, the yeah. Soviets and everything else. Yeah, the kids but, are screaming, don't trust the government, and then the government's saying, you really shouldn't trust us, they're right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, you know, and with with Nixon, I mean, that just came off the whole Vietnam War thing, and were we being lied to with that? Nixon is telling us in, in his election campaign that he's going to get us out of Vietnam. Meanwhile, he's invading uh, uh, Cambodia and Laos that, uh, you know, that, wait a minute, I thought you said you were going to de-escalate. Now you're going into other countries beyond Vietnam. So, you know, Kent State, um, Kent State uh, killings uh, that the country's in a huge divide. Um, let's face it. And then, anyhow, the, the Olsen family um, kind of proves their case that um, they the, they exhume their dad's uh, body and there's a, a second autopsy done and the there's a lot of uh, injuries on him on the body that really warrant characteristic of somebody jumping out a window and landing 13 floors below that uh, well the fact that he didn't have any cuts on him from the window right yeah well he was he was cut on the upper body but like the legs and that kind of stuff and there was a lot of bruising on the on the upper body that probably happened uh um before he actually took the took the plunge so you know did they beat the shit out of the guy and throw him through the window or did he run and and crash through the window as as the original story went that that uh, that was a tough one. That there, was some no. bad stuff going on here. So. And again, we'll never know because it really never did come to trial, and there were no real records left. There was only these documents that they found that were misfiled in in financial reports. And it so. wasn't just MK Ultra stuff in terms of drug, uh, you know, drugging people against their will and all that other stuff. And uh, again, we actually were saying it earlier that yes, President Ford had to do this. President Ford also signed an executive order. He is the reason, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of uh, American loser uh, dumb, if you will. Um, he is the reason his executive order written in 76, I want to say, uh, that he put into writing what prohibits the experimentation with drugs on unknowing or uninformed parties. So now that's why you have to have these. There's a legal requirement now per President Ford. President Ford goes, I don't ever want this shit happening again. I'm going to make one of he didn't make a whole lot of executive orders, I don't think. Um, but he wanted to make sure that that got handled in here because in those documents that they found on MKUltra and other things, they were also seeing that the CIA had plans to overthrow other governments like over in Africa, like you were talking about. They were going to overthrow the Congo. Uh, the yep. Congo. Uh, there were other opportunities to assassinate other uh, presidential candidates uh, uh, you know, of other countries or, or you know, some sort of leaders and everything like that. Uh, obviously, the CIA had involvement with drug wars, weapon wars, so all sorts of stuff like that. It's, uh, it's a very convoluted and uh, and wild thing and the problem is they get uh if you always taught me this dad power corrupts absolute power, power absolutely corrupts yeah so um as we're wrapping up here then ford uh because of the pressure put on him by an article in the new york times launches uh, he goes and taps on uh, the shoulder of his vice president who get a load of this name for people who know anything about history or american general it's nelson rockefeller yeah the son of nelson d rockefeller and his father had his company broken up by the government for saying that he was tyrannical, and now he's going to break up a government organization that's gone tyrannical. That is poetic fucking sweetness yeah. you can't even come up with, man. So Ford um, orders this uh, investigation, and this is, again, in the wake of uh, the Watergate scandal. So, I mean, the country 
is not in a happy place here with with its its leadership. Ford uh, orders this commission to look into this whole thing, and it's led by uh, Vice President, his Vice President, Nelson Rockefeller. Uh, Sometimes it's called the Rockefeller Commission, but um, it was really helmed by an Idaho Democrat senator, Frank Church, and it becomes known as the the Church Committee. Yeah, you've heard of separation of church and state. This is Church investigating the state. Right, Um, which is, again, poetic. Uh, This was in a larger investigation. So there was the Rockefeller Commission, but then a much larger investigation was by the Church Committee. Uh, investigating the abuses of the CIA and the FBI and other U.S. intelligence agencies as though, hey, what the hell is actually going on uh, during and after the resignation of uh, our President Richard M. Richard Milhouse Nixon. And Richard Milhouse Nixon retired to our own New Jersey. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was, uh, I mean, th- there's still people that claim to have been um, victims or test subjects of MKUltra. There's a couple of wild ones. Um, but as we said, uh, th- there's now this acid rock thing. There's ties between the Grateful Dead and the CIA because of that. Um, so this wild government program that came in with a little bit too much power did some really, really awful things and then accidentally gave us some of the best music in American history. <laughs> so it wasn't really all bad when you look at it, guys. But uh, I want to wrap up here uh, on that note, unless you had anything else you wanted to slip out. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, Ford in 76 uh, does issue an executive order on intelligence activities that prohibited that's the pro- yeah. experimentation with drugs on human subjects, except with the informed consent in writing and witnessed by disinterested party of uh, such human subject, un- uh, unquote. You want to talk disinterested. Disinterested party is kahuna after 10 o'clock. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm teasing you, buddy. I appreciate the overtime you put in on this one. No problem. Uh, guys, that was um, that was definitely a, a, a fun one for us to go down. We're not a conspiracy theory show, but it was worth mentioning no. on that one. So I did want to say this real quickly, though. Uh, we love doing the show. This is true stuff. We didn't make anything up here, Dad. There's this is no, all public knowledge. Yeah, this it. is all. It's all been declassified, to, to quote a certain um, radio host in Texas that I'm occasionally a fan of. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, it's definitely worth noting there. Guys, we have launched a YouTube page for American Loser, uh, and our first uh, episode is going to be a, a companion piece to this, which is going to be an interview and conversation with one of my favorite comics, one of my great buddies in comedy, uh, Mike Cannon, who's hilarious. Please check him out on social media. Check us out on social media. It is uh, at American Loser Podcast on Instagram, American Loser Podcast on Facebook. I'm at KP Burke Sucks over on Instagram and KP Burke on Facebook. Hit me up on any of those accounts, man. The most important thing, the thing that helps us pay for this studio, we will give you a free episode every Tuesday as long as you guys can help us out with covering the cost here. I can't afford to do the show out of my pocket anymore. Kahuna is charging me way too much money. He slammed me up against a wall the other day and told me, he goes, I need a fucking raise, motherfucker. And I, I said, I'm, I think it's drug I money. We were, I we we're going to talk about that publicly. Yes, Mr. Kahuna. Yeah, you sit down and continue your show. <laughs> we're wrapping up, Mr. Kahuna. Yeah. Please, yeah, sir, may I have another? No, you may fucking not continue your show. But Kahuna, uh, he's a huge, huge part of the show for us. He really helps us out so much, as do Mike and Ming over to Shared Universe in Eatontown, New Jersey. Check them out as well. Hey, thanks for the jaw drop moments, this one. This one was crazy. There's no moments. This entire thing was a jaw drop. You're like, wait, there's no way we did that. Wait, what? And it sucks, because now I'm probably going to go home 
and continue looking into it. So if you don't see me for a couple of weeks, <laughs> that's probably why. As we said, this is the episode we're all going to disappear after. You know, um, thank God that we're only on the fifth floor, not the 13th floor here. Oh, uh, Jesus, LP. In a Westinghouse <laughs> elevator, all things. Oh, stop it. But the most important part, guys, the Tuesday show is only going to able to continue to be free because of the awesome donations from uh, some of our, our kick-ass Patreon supporters. Our founding losers. Yes. There's still room to be a founding loser by the way we don't want to say the number just yet because it's it's approaching capacity on founding losers that's right we'll still accept you afterwards but to be in on that initial thing once we hit that certain number we have some merch we got made up guys we're going to be sending some stuff out to you um we truly do love the fans you guys make this show worth doing for just five dollars a month though one large cup of coffee uh if you want to donate that we will give you a bonus episode this month's bonus episode is about the kingfish huey long one of the most fascinating men in american history you should know him he almost took down FDR, okay? He's, he is literally the big swinging dick of the South, um, <laughs> but a fascinating man in his own right. Uh, but guys, this has been an absolute blast. Check us out over on that. Ch look for us on YouTube. Uh, if you want to share the show when we come, I post everything on every Tuesday. If you want to like the page, that helps us out. Go ahead, leave us a written review. I love reading those. And please, whoever you are, stop trying to bang my dad, that one listener. It's making me uncomfortable. My mom's complaining. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'd be weird if it's a psychop and it's been mom the entire time. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, anyway, as we wrap up here then, guys, I wanted to say thank you so much. This has been American Loser. I was KP Burke. That was... LP Burke. And behind the ones and twos. Baker. And guys, that was MK Ultra, American Loser. An American Loser, the day I was born. An American Loser, the day I was born. American loser the day I was born.